In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. What is up, folks? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Thursday. We are so close to the end of the week. (laughs) I say this every day, but today is really true because it's Thursday. I am just getting back from a crazy night. And when I mean crazy, I mean early night. Guys, I was one of the first people to get back into Tom Tom. Tom Tom did a friends and family night, I guess. I can't tell if I'm friends or family, but yeah, I was in TomTom for the first time in a year and a half, and folks, they have expanded the outside in the front, which is fascinating. I got to see Lisa Vanderpump, Ken Vanderpump, uh, I don't think that's Ken's first name, and uh, last name, I mean, and Nick Elaine, Nick Elaine, who did all the steampunk uh, decoration. It's so funny. I The last time I was in uh, Tom Tom, Nicolane, like, I feel like Nicolane is always with these guys. I don't know if it's a threesome or what's going on, but it's hysterical. Last time I was there, I was with my mom in February, and Nicolane was there with them. And this time, Lisa and Ken came in, and then Nicolane came in five minutes later, so I'm assuming he's in charge of uh, parking the cars. That's the only guess I had, but I missed you guys. They have the best uh, buffalo chicken uh, cauliflower things with no chicken, 
really great. Uh, I no, it was great. It was awesome. My buddy Logan was working again. My buddy Brett was working again. I went with my friend Janet, uh, Elizabeth, who has been on the podcast a couple of times, and you know, I was with three girls. We did what we did best. We dished. We talked rumors. They talked guys. I heard some insane stories. You girls, I'm telling you, you girls have insane stories with other guys. I feel like I should have been 80% creepier with everybody I've been with. Like, I'm telling you guys, seem any guys listening, calm the fuck down. Honestly, you guys are out of your minds with some of the stuff you've done to these women. I, I don't know if that's all right to say. Um, Dumois, I put that out late yesterday, so I don't even know if you'll get to this today, but I wanted to have it out for you in case you did. Dumois, I'm so sorry. The sound is just so wild on that one. If I could do it again, I think I figured out how to do it with her voice modulator. But that was a new... Guys, that's a new challenge. I would ask for everybody to not become as popular where they have to use a voice modulator because it really messes up with my sound. And it... Man, I I, I mean, I think I worked 30 hours on that and it still sounded kind of like poo-poo. Yeah, I say poo-poo. <laughs> I say, but what, 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 who cares? Uh, tonight was the last uh, episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey, and it was <clears throat> a 13 episode season. We finally got to see Teresa's new man. Uh, new man, and I, I don't know. I've heard so many rumors about him. You know, I hope she's happy, but, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows, folks? Who knows what any of it's all about? Um, today, we have one of my favorite people. We have Jess Rothschild. Uh, she is the uh, the podcast host behind the genius podcast, Hot Takes and Deep Dives, which I talk about in the intro when she comes on. But we get to talk about uh, the first two episodes of Real Housewives of New York. We talk about Summer House. We talk about The Big Shot with Bethany Frankel. Um, and we get to talk about her. I think she's just uh, dollars to donuts, one of the best people I've met doing this stuff. Oh, and by the way, uh, Carrie O'Donnell and Lara Marie Shainalls, uh, my friends, were at the uh, Tom Tom thing too. And that was, it's always fun bumping into your friends. And I think you're kind of both embarrassed to bump into each other at Tom Tom, you know? You're like, hey, 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 hey. Uh, but it's fun. It's a tight little community that we have. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? Are you good? Are you, I, I worry about you. It is. It has been so crazy, but um, but it's so funny because I, you know, I, the little I get to see of all you guys in my Instagram stories, it's it's so funny how entangled I get in your lives. Like there, there, there's one girl that today, and I don't know if she'll, I don't know if she listens to every episode, but if she does, it cracks me up. She it doesn't crack me up. It scares me. She put. Let me try to find it. She put what she's looking for in a guy and this uh this i mean this i feel like this says a lot okay okay so her guy list is def her her guy list is six feet six figures i think that's dollars six inches child free and then um snipped i think is what the last one was um so that's like a pretty, that's a, that's like a, but by the way, that's not, that's not too crazy. I've, I've heard crazier and also like six inches. Like that feels like doable. 
um, six feet, six feet. I'm just, but do do the rest of you girls have this specific of a list? Do some girls go five inches? Do some girls go, I would like a guy with six inches, and then they're like, you know what? I'll settle for five. Like, how how strong are you guys' lists? Because I'm still on the Lindsay Hubbard summer house list where she had the, the list for life. I want to know more of your girls' list. I saw this list. I think I'm fascinated with lists because I did not make one for myself. And I feel like I'm too late to make a list for myself, and I, I, I need to. Do you guys ever do that? You hear so much about setting intentions and visualizing the future, and it all sounds well and good. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you never do any of it. Like, I always do that all the time where it's like so many people are like, visualize the future, sit down with a list, visualize your future. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. And then I never sit down and visualize my future. Please tell me I'm not the only one. But it scares me. Like, I feel like the like, I feel like I'll be 90 years old and I'll still be like. I need to visualize my future. I need to visual. I need to really visualize my future. Um, okay, you guys. I'm gonna get right into it. I'm. I'm a couple. I had a couple drinks tonight. I'm a little bit of a headache. A little headache pounding. Uh, but I'll talk to you on Friday with the Kardashian recap. And I still got to get around to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, you know their their tag their taglines from the beginning. That's not what you say uh anyways <laughs> this is uh so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am signing off here is my conversation with the one the only jess rothschild my podcast wife uh ladies and gentlemen welcome to thursday we are so close to the end of the week uh i have one of my favorite people and this is actually uh one of my favorite podcasters but actually she had the great honor of meeting me in person uh, a couple weeks ago, so we'll be able to get her reaction to that, as well as the new season of Real Housewives of New York. The second episode just came out on Tuesday night, so we'll be talking about that, but we'll also be talking about a, a little show you might not know tons about uh, with a big personality you know too much about, uh, Bethany Frankel, and that's the B, the, 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 the B, the B shot, the big, lit, the big shot, the big shot with Bethany Frankel. Uh, but I feel like I have the real big shot with me today. Her podcast is called Hot Takes and Deep Dives. And really, it is just an amazing podcast. And the guests are so insanely top notch. Uh, you know, just recently, she even had uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell. She had, uh, I mean, Jerry Matthew from one of the first seasons of Survivor. I mean, just she really uh, hits all of those buttons for pop culture that we love. But Jess Rothschild, welcome back to the show. I did meet you in person. And thank you. I know. God, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, we literally I, we literally could do an hour just on that dinner alone. I mean, it, it really should have really been it should have been recorded. It was one of the. I mean, we went to Hotspot Craig's, which is right across from Sir, or in the same vicinity, and it was so. Um, you know, I I I've hung out like with one person here or one person there that are, have been in my pod or my parents, and so it, it was very odd to be at a dinner table with uh, four four people. It was me, you, Laura Marie Shanals, and Jamie Stein, who uh, I, I I think I got to reach out to to come on my podcast. Um, but it was great. It was, but it was just so uh, bizarre after a year and a half of not mm -hmm. doing that to all of a sudden be around four people, uh, four people I genuinely like, and it was just I kept thinking like just so weird, you know? Yeah, I came. So I, I had, a, I was going to California 
because I had planned a trip to go to Palm Springs um, with my best friend from college, Andy, who like he's like he's an astrologer and he's like a regular on my show. Um, I turned him into a podcaster (laughs) all 20, (laughs) 20, 20 years later. I've turned him into this. And uh, so he'll do like astrology readings of the housewives and like Brittany and stuff like that. And so we had planned to go to Palm Springs. But I was listen, I live in New York. You know, I was flying in and out of L.A. So it was so great to like meet up in person, like all, you know, my favorite fellow podcasters, like we've been working together pretty consistently for over a year. So it was so fun. Yeah, it it really was. It was was really, it was, it was, uh, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, I mean, like kind of like uh, the eighties, the brat pack, but uh, with podcasters, Yes. uh, um, you know, we didn't get, I don't think we saw any stars that night. I mean, um, there was paparazzi though, but paparazzi, we didn't really yeah. know. It was still so like at Craig's, they created like this out, this front. There's like typically it's just the restaurant, and I guess maybe that backyard area. But so now they have three different seating locations in the front, in the inside the restaurant, and then in the back area. I was getting the vibe that the real action was in the back area in the backyard well it's hard you know it's hard when you're a podcast celebrity you know like you can't you'd be like the paparazzi like do you guys want to hear my voice like you'll recognize me by the no i'm joking we're not celebrities i know i know i know you know um but no it was it was very exciting but it's also i realized it it was one of those things where i've really lived uh have been living like a hermit like existence you know like I, i i mean i I just don't go out, out a lot. Like I go out to hike and I, but I, it's very weird to like go, Oh God, I got to get, I got to work this muscle again. Put on pants. You, I mean, kind of see what pants fit. I mean, Mm -hmm. see what, and also, I mean, there is that pressure of meeting new people again in person of, you know, I think the, you know, I, I forgot my line of thinking of like, Oh, I, I'm going to end up disappointing somebody new, you know, like that. Oh, will they be disappointed? Do you want, do you want your review? Yeah, that's I kind of, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I I absolutely loved you. You are Uh everything, you are everything and more. You first of all, you are much you're even more handsome in person. Like you you looked great. Thank you. <laughs> the hell was about. <laughs> you you looked great. Um, you you were oh, and you were you're on a health kick, so yeah. you didn't really order much food. So it was a, a chopped salad, yeah. It, but it was very much like a liquid dinner for you. Yeah, and I, they really you, you got that was the first <laughs> martini I had had in a long time. It was they were really good. And I loved that you got a little like buzz, like by the end, you yeah. definitely had a buzz going on. And I loved that. And listen, to just be sitting there with my podcast husband and to just like look over and like whisper, <laughs> we would yeah. whisper sweet nothings yes. and like little gossips here. And Super it was amazing. just, I mean, it just felt like this is my best friend. <laughs> well, it is, it, it, but it was one of those things where you do get, I didn't even get nervous until like an hour before the dinner. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, like because it's just so not, um, I just got to get used to these things again. I mean, we all do, I would imagine. And you said you, you're definitely planning your trip to New York, right? Yes. I mean, awesome. my, my thought is that, I mean, that really, I mean, cause I can hang out with you. I, I feel like I can get work out of it, but like fun work. No, I know uh, we're going to pl- do the whole, I get, I emailed, I, I texted yes, you, you a list cause, cause I added to the list Sonia's townhouse. 
Well, that's what I was saying. Wouldn't it be fun, you guys, if I did like a whole New York trip and then we even did like a podcast meetup with Jess and me and like, you know, it would just be it would be really neat. I know I have uh, a decent amount of New York listeners uh, just from the breakdowns I get, but um, it would be really cool. I mean, th that's really what it's all about is to be a you forget how there are a couple that's, you know, when you get together with four people that are really, I think, really funny, um, it was, you forget those roles you go on or the conversations or making fun of certain things. And I was like, there is, there, you know, podcasts are so amazing and they can replicate that so well. But at the same time, there's nothing like in-person laughing, you know? Totally. It, it, it's, I, mean, I mean, I feel like we should do it. I mean, we should do it at the Regency, right? Oh my God. We could pack that place. The Regency we could pack the Regency. Big. I bet we could rent out. Let me look into. I'll look we into like rent logistics. out Harry Dubin for sure. I mean, I mean he will. You don't understand. Harry. He will one hundred percent be there. I've been to the Regency once or twice, and he was there, like holding. Well, court. if Tom's in town, we know Luann will not be at the Regency, <laughs> according to the first episode of Brony. Um, Speaking of in person. You know, I, I was noticing episode two of Roni and we, we were starting with a really slow burn. And, you know, I don't mind it because I love a lot of these ladies, but I really I mean, I know people are saying this, but I, I have to agree is that with only five housewives, you know, you really feel it at the end of this. They <laughs> you guys, they did like a burning man. Leah threw a burning man party in Ramona's backyard and Ebony chose to go to sleep at some point, and then you only have four ladies. Leah and, they, and then they went Ebony, to then they went to bed. Yeah, like it was like I. It, you need more ladies. I, I just I, I there's no way around it. You because you're then you're a slave to uh, these these five ladies. If one of them go to sleep, you're twenty percent done. If Leah goes to checks on Ebony, you're forty percent down, and then you have three ladies: Ramona, Sonia, and Luann, who are arguably all. I mean, really historic housewives but even they know they have to like whoop it up and scream and like okay what do we have to do so we can get to back to bed you know i don't know why i totally agree with you that five is too few i don't know why they didn't hire two full-time housewives it seems like we're getting obviously we're getting heather and that will be like such an, an injection of energy that will but be amazing that for like, isn't that for like one episode though i don't know no, no, no. it'll she, be more she, than one episode. No, I think she I think Leah pisses her off like immediately or something like that. And then she chose not to keep filming, I thought. TBD on the number of episodes, uh -huh. but eventually they bring in Bershawn, who's going to be another yeah. friend of. I think they I wonder. See, the problem is New York has never had luck with the friends ever ever if you look at what well, do you think that's because of the ladies themselves yeah yeah do you think i mean like that that really is telling of the ladies the personalities know? are too big it's not like atlanta is great because you've got the small cast but then you've got like 75 friends oh who are God, kind of all stars friends to other uh, uh franchises yeah. at this point so I, I, I'm hopeful. I am really hopeful that the combination of Heather, who is a known entity, Bershawn, I, we don't know, but I'm hopeful that there will be something there. Do we know if Ebony and Bershawn are friends? Like, does she come on as a friend I've of heard, Ebony's? I've heard, I don't know, but I've heard Ebony compliment Bershawn. Um, and Bershawn obviously is, is very active in letting us know she's on this show from what I've seen of her social media. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know, Bershawn. I, I mean, I'm just getting to know Ebony. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and it's so funny. 
I love Ebony in the first episode. I thought I really, re, you know, kind of uh, related to her bad credit journey and other yeah. things about her. I will say though, I get very protective of my housewives. And uh, in the second episode, there were a couple moments, and I, I'm not like Ebony as a solo person, amazing. But I, I there is, I do get, I do get weirdly not possessive, but like when she was going to bed, I was like, no, 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 you don't go to bed. No, no, no. You're new. You get out there and you, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you, you dance for the cameras. <laughs> I know that's so silly, but it's like, I, 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 and I understood cause she totally, you know, it's just a lot of like, I'm not, I'm not used to this kind of energy. I, you know, all normal, totally, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I, there was just a couple things where I was like, remember you're right now a guest in somebody else's house and not vice versa. I, I know right. that might be, I know right. that might be a very That's interesting. popular opinion, but mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. But if you go to somebody's, if you go to somebody's house for the first time, even if you're not on camera, mm-hmm. do, you, do you stay there? If you're the new person, do you stay and hang out with all of the ladies until everybody goes to bed or at least one other person goes to bed or you go to bed with somebody else? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I just, you, you know, she'd Irish goodbye to it. And she even said, I, I'm going to Irish goodbye this to Leah. And I just, uh, I mean, I would almost have liked it more if I found out like she was microdosing mushrooms at the Burning Man party and it was just too intense for her and she had to Mm -hmm. go to bed. Then I'd be like, hell yeah. By the way, these are just picky things. Uh, This isn't like an overall like indictment of Ebony because I think she's obviously awesome, obviously qualified for this and seems like she has her own weirdness in there. Um, She's weird. I gotta be. She's a housewife, right? My my hot take on Ebony is she's weird. Like she's got a weird personality. Like that's what I think makes a great housewife. But does it, but does it fit with their personalities? Is there too much again of the generation gap? Like she's young. She's young. She's the same. I think what is she? 35. Uh, Leah's I think 38. Um, I feel like she's very young. I don't know. I don't know if they can bridge the gap age wise. I don't. And I also don't know if her personality and I, I like her like she had moments like she definitely made me laugh. I appreciate her honesty. I appreciate all of that. But I just don't know if personality wise, these people would never be hanging out. Leah and Ebony would be hang- their personalities yeah. make sense together. Ebony's personality doesn't make sense with any of the the OGs. It doesn't. Well, we're, we're, we're running into these these issues. Oh, first off, I think we're paying attention to that kind of stuff because there are so few housewives. So it is becomes mm-hmm. more apparent for us to notice things like, well, this this age thing doesn't work and all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have anything kind of bridging the gap. But we're also running into those kind of old newbie things in all of the housewives shows right now, including Summer House. I mean, Summer House, you know, uh-huh. you had Paige, Hannah, Sierra on one side. And I mean, I know we're just talking, you know, five or six years difference, but it, it you know, with the reunion, we really saw that difference and then you go real housewives of atlanta you got the aunties and the you know the the nieces you you know like you have these things and bravo is running into that because they really have kept so many old school housewives you know they've kept that they you know so they run into that issue i think we're going to see the same, same thing with vanderpump rules you know where how how do you how are you? By the way, by the way, I think I found one of the new Vanderpump Rules cast members. 
I mean, I think it's uh, like Ryan Milotti. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, you Um, know when you know when somebody that's good looking and usually has worked in TV and reality shows in the past, they don't accidentally just get a job as a busser at Sir. Like they have money. Like you know, like I. But by the way, uh, she's talking about this guy Ryan Milotti, who I think who who's now in the Sir photos. Yeah, guys, all you have to do is go to the Sir Rules Instagram. He is tagged with Raquel. Um, in, a, in an so, official photo. You know what? So dumb. And once again, that I saw that photo and I, I deep dived that. And it once again was to me a mistake in the sense that like, you guys are casting again. Don't cast. Just interview the people that work there. Find out the stories mm-hmm. there. We can sense realness. If you're casting people that have been on reality shows in the past, like what I, I just think that is the dumbest move. And that's exactly what they did last year with um, uh, Brett. I just don't know. I, I mean, we're all over the place, but I just don't know how they struck such gold with James and Lala in whatever season that I think, was. Season- I think, well, well, no, because James had really been a family friend of Lisa and, you know, like really had been. And if you see James pop up, he was like a busser or he was in a pool scene and he yeah. was in the back, deep background of another but, scene. But also there to, to- you are right. Yes, I remember. I remember that that uh, that photo shoot, that calendar shoot. And remember, he was so skinny, like yes, that. He li- he yeah, like he looked like such a little nerd that no, you're like, oh, this guy is. He the guy was not considered Vanderpump good looking back then, you know. No, but the but the he different like butthead from Beavis and Butthead. He really did. But the difference was that he and Lala, their personalities were so strong. You need it. Okay. If they're going to cast fine, they cast Lala and they, they hit it out. They, they hit it. You gotta this. Okay. This guy better have a million dollar personality. Well, that and that, and I hate to break it to you. I mean, from what I saw of his Instagram, he doesn't like he, and also (laughs) guys, he's, he's into magic as well. So that's, you know, hope, I mean, that's just, but it's a lot of pressure to be the new person on anything. And I think they've really, you know, it'll be interesting to see it's, I think they've worked themselves into a pickle that they had a year and a half to get out of. And they have not, I I don't know. I'm not having great faith in the things that I I hear, you know, like, so. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can you really break it down for me? Why? the court of public opinion has turned on Leah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I always, I mean, I will always, I will always love Leah no matter what happens between (laughs) us. No, I, well, okay. So I think between the first and the second season, there's a natural thing that happens with any housewives where you start to reconsider your standom, you know, where you're like, why did I love this person so hard? And I think with mm-hmm. Leah, especially that's more intensified because of uh, the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. we were inside. So we we're like, who's this breath of fresh air while I'm sitting inside my bedroom? You know, this was amazing to watch and she's really putting it all out there and she's really just going crazy. And then I think, um, you know, you have some time, you catch up to things. And I think you realize, and she said this, but I think she, you know, I think uh, she seems very extreme 
in certain ways it might not be based um, in uh, fact. Um, and I think she doesn't do herself any favors or the show does not do herself any favors when you start the first episode and say, I'm converting to Judaism. I've got a religious mm-hmm. calling during the pandemic when I stopped drinking. And I'm like, fuck, I did not get any religious calling during the pandemic. And I mm-hmm. I would have loved a religious calling. But the thing that the show did a disservice for her and the thing that works against her is that they didn't provide us with a why. They didn't, you know, like they're, you know, usually with a religious conversion, there's a pretty strong why and not just, yeah. I always felt so connected with God. That's That's great. Awesome. Why Judaism? Tell me why Judaism? Why not Catholicism? Why not? But that's the fault of the. But that's the fault of the producers, not Leah. That's what I said. The show does her a disservice. But guess what? The the average viewer does not think about production like we do. Mm -hmm. The average viewer thinks about what they see and what they see only, or they'll fill in the blanks for what they see. So the show did her a huge disservice in that first episode because it really and they left in the line about oh I'm I'm doing my Madonna Ray of Light Kabbalah moment. They left that line in, which which makes it even seem even more surface level and bullshit. Like, oh, this isn't a fa- this isn't a Madonna phase, Leah. This is a religious conversion. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, and and I want to take it serious. And but that's what I'm saying. I wanted an hour right then and there on like, walk me through this. Like, and the, the stuff not that in you a joke were... way, walk me through it. The stuff that you're saying, like not based in fact. Are you talking about like her comments about me too? Like, is that what you're referring to? What do you mean? Wait, what What part? Like she's written like like she's spoken a lot on her podcast about like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. like basically ugh, I don't I don't have and it she all. Had but that th- whole, she had that whole uh, dating app thing with Michael. Oh, with che Michael Che. SNL, yeah, because you know, that she, stuff is old news that that we all knew that before. Yeah. Her pre- season premiere of last year. So we can't all just bring up old stuff that's been out there for no and by the, by the way i read all that old stuff before i saw her on tv and i li- i still loved her and i was mm-hmm. like oh okay obviously people have some bad days and like that obviously was a mm-hmm. weird text exchange on a dating app which seems like that's all exchanges on dating apps mm-hmm. so i mean but what i'm saying is that like i think people are catching up to and also there is you know last night she was wearing what was that outfit with a huge i mean oversized jojo siwa pink bow on the front of her outfit completely insane i can't i can't tell if it's now i can't tell if it's like she's winking at us like it's like camp or these are what she i know she said she supports young designers yeah but it is i mean no she's trying she's doing like a dorit thing but it's even but it I mean, but it's it it even makes Dorit look boring, you know, like I mean, like it, it makes Dorit look like <laughs> tasteful compared to I mean, these are some really I mean, the the, the her first talking head outfit looked like, you know, um, uh, uh, the like a leather, a leather ice skater, you know, the one with the, the hundred dollar bill. Yeah, I think. Oh, so. I hate that look. I yeah, hate I mean, it. She She really doesn't. It's well, not. Ed, I mean, yeah. I said one time last season when there was a horror, it said, you know, even Michael Jordan has bad games, but Leah seems to, I can't tell if this is really her fashion sense where she's trying to stir some kind of proverb, proverbial pot of where mm-hmm. she will get us talking because of how ridiculous these outfits are. I don't know. Like, I, I really, I don't know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to her and just ask her like, what, what's going on? Like, what is your, what is your approach to style? Because this is supposedly you know, married to the mob is a fashion brand and I want to know how she approaches fashion, you know? The reason I asked the question in terms of like why, you know, why has the tide turned was because 
for me personally, listen, I watch, I follow her on Instagram. I watch pretty much all the stuff she does. Aside from the plastic surgery, which is something, you know, it's just something to consider into the mix. She does seem to be the same. She does seem to have the same sense of humor, the same sensibility. I don't notice that drastic of a change. Like just that's why I'm like curious about it. And I'm interested to see what people are saying. See, I don't personally think there's a huge difference between the Leah's that we've seen. I don't think there's a huge cockiness or a chip on her shoulder this season. I don't say that at all. It's my, but also I watch a lot of her social media. I don't, I mean, I don't think I see all of it, but there is a part of me that gets nervous when I see uh, Leah posting, hanging out with Azalea Banks and hanging out with, you know, I'm like, Wait, uh, I mean, I will say I did. I did take a, a deep breath when I saw her hanging out with Lourdes. Yeah, I almost at her premiere party. I and, mean, that I mean, well, that just shows the power of the, the TV show and just like her her appeal. But, but, that's but like, happen, holy I shit. want Ramona there. I mean, I want the Ramona with Azalea Banks pictures. I want the Ramona with Lourdes pictures. I mean, Leah, that, that gap is very interesting, but it's then becoming like Housewives is like a, you know, it's like if Andy Warhol still was alive, he would be into the Housewives. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. And I find it fascinating, but I'm like, how do we integrate? Because the, you know, the everyday Housewives fan probably doesn't even know what we're talking about right now. And that Leah had a, a big premiere party last week. And in fact, uh, Dumois, who is on today's episode, uh, talked about being invited to that and she couldn't go because of her secret identity. But like, wow, Leah out to her and was like, hey, wow. please come, you know, and she's like, I can't, you know, I can't. Like, how do you go up to like a door list and go, uh, plus one Dumois, you know, like, wow. Um, but it is, it's, it's weird to kind of have that intersect, which is, I I would assume the natural way of how New York works, you know, it isn't just older ladies on the Upper East Side. So I find that fascinating, but how do we bridge everything without it completely falling apart? You need, the the thing is you need more women in their forties. It's the, it's the fact that these are like mid thirties and then 50, like, I'm not quite sure how, yeah. yeah, And then like mid fifties, that's a 20 year gap. Like, no, like, I mean, listen, like it's, it's a lot. It's a rare instance where you'd be hanging out with somebody who was 20 years. That would be circumstantial. Like your, your best friend happens to have married somebody who is an older, I I, I don't know. It's so clearly for the show. Um, But that having been said, I will say my take on the premiere, I just found it to be a little snoozy. This week's episode, I thoroughly enjoyed it's starting to get back into it. Uh, so you had left off saying uh, first episode, you know, sort of slow. The second episode you really enjoyed. And why did you enjoy that? I felt like it was finally full of energy again. Like I just, I I thought, and I, I also enjoyed the contrast of the two healers. Like I enjoyed that. Like I got, I did, I just got a kick so guys, out of it. If you haven't watched, uh, it was, healing is a very big thing in the Housewives universe. We saw it on Real Housewives of Dallas this season as well. But at the beginning of the episode, we meet uh, Alita, who is so one of Sonia's spiritual advisors. And you know, you really made it when you have a spiritual advisor. But I mean, we have this really emotional scene with Sonia and her spiritual advisor in the beginning. What is going on with Sonia? I got to tell you, I, my, I mean, I hate to, but my heart does break for her and you really, but I will say, I find it fascinating. 
fascinating. I find, I'm so happy she's allowing it in, uh, ha- allowing this storyline to happen potentially, because this is to me reads so real. Mm-hmm. I'm so confused because it's really se- remember during remember when the pandemic first started, she would be on Watch What Happens Live. Remember she was on with the bitch sesh girls, and she was you know out in the desert. I don't I forget exactly where she was, but. She was got stuck there because literally yeah. travel stopped. And it seemed like she was in such a good place. And like, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm meditating every day. I'm doing all of this. It's such a stark difference. Like what happened between March, April 2020 and October? That's what I want to know. Something happened with so well, I mean, the century, totally- the century 21 deal completely fell apart, which she brings up multiple times, which, by the way, like. For somebody, I mean, think about the psychology of somebody like Sonia is that her whole life has been predicated on wealth, you know, like and think about like being the hot young thing at a certain point of going to places like San Tropez and just like having days where you could just be on a yacht and having days where everything was taken care of you because you were hot. But Ryan, and, Ryan, yeah. here's why I don't buy it. First of all, how much money was she really making from Century 21? The fact it was of the something matters, to hang your hat on. So you mean it was a symbol? It was a symbol that she, like, think about how many failed business things she's had, even just in the span of the show. I mean, think about, like, that's why she lost all of her money on that fake, uh, on the producer deal for the John Travolta movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's pissed away so many, much money and so many opportunities that I feel like this was a, a sign. It's not like she, you know, is going to be all of a sudden you know, uh, Bethany Frankel, you know, or, or Chrissy Teigen with her brands or, you know, but, but it is something, it's something to say, I'm here. I have a re- this is a real thing. This isn't a toaster oven. You can go into a store and mm-hmm. see my name. I feel, I feel like that really is a huge part of what Sonia wants. Because the, the fact of the matter is Sonia has plenty of money. Why? Because she's making well over a million dollars a season for housewives. But look what she spends though. I mean, even that part, look, I I just don't, I I mean, it's so funny. And cause I have, I'm literally a thousandaire, but like I, I, I spend the housewives money all the time. When I look, I'm like, you guys are really, that's why, I mean, think about Sonia was taking the jitney to go to the Hamptons. Like this, she is a penny pincher, but then when she spends, Mm -hmm. she spends big. And, you know, I, I think, I think that stuff catches up to you. I don't think she's mm-hmm. as rich or as well off as any. In fact, just the opposite. I feel like she tells us she is not well off and not a pity help me way, but in a mm-hmm. I'm going to disappear now for eight months kind of a way like these girls keep uh, hinting at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I really hope this storyline continues. Like, I want to <laughs> see more. But like, how much does a spiritual advisor cost? Like how how much is that lady's I, visit I mean, with all probably, the crystals and all the the, the, the carrot probably, top props? Probably like two hundred bucks. Oh, more. I'm I'm thinking a thousand. You're telling that's a house call for a spirit for a high class spiritual advisor. She's bringing her crystals. She has all that. I mean, I'm telling you, I think these rich people pay a pretty penny for this wow. shit that we would be like, oh, that's like 50 bucks, right? I think they pay always like 200. Mm. So if you go by that, I think I I think we're talking over a thousand. I, I mean, honestly, mm. you know, even though it was filmed. Well, I mean that who knows what she's working. Well, the, th- in. Well, the, th- the thing is, it's what she's doing when she's not being filmed. Yeah. The, all the, <laughs> you know. And by the way, I, I, with a spiritual advisor, I'd want to make sure I paid because I wouldn't want like a, 
a, you know, I'll give you a free spiritual advising. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want, you're going to half ass yeah. the spiritual advising. Give me the real, yeah. but you guys, she breaks down. Like she cries. Like, I think there is a lot of pain in Sonia. And I think, you know, she comes off as such a clown a lot of the times that we have to, I mean, we do really have to protect Sonia in a lot of ways, because I think that, you know, she's given us a lot of reasons to worry. Even her close friends says she's disappearing. Even her own daughter said that, like Sonia said multiple times mm-hmm. last night, I just don't want to be a burden to my daughter. I just want to go to an, uh, you know, a retirement home, but I hear they have a lot of STDs there. I mean, it was really funny and sad. And we had the second spiritual advising, which was a, a Reiki healer, uh, sound bath person at, in the back of Ramona. This was amazing. It was amazing and funny. And the, all the girls ended up crying and screaming. And, and you know why else I liked it? It didn't feel like a housewife's trope. It, it could, because they were actually letting out real truths and real emotions, like the death of um, the death. Leah talked about the death of her grandmother, and Ebony sort of echoed that. And yeah, Ebony copied Leah. She's like, "I have a, I have a dying grandmother too. I have a dying grandmother." <laughs> but it didn't feel like something I've seen a hundred times on Housewives. It just it felt there was something about it, like the energy felt original. So. I just, I genuinely found it interesting. I also found it interesting. The lunch that was just uh, Leah, Ebony, and Ramona. Yeah. That was fascinating because you could see Ramona's anxiety that it was just the three of them. I think yeah. that's where her, I think she was like, I need, there's not enough cast. Well, do you notice how the the beginning of all the seasons and every, you know, is that Ramona starts off really nice. Ramona starts off like very accepting, very nice. She did that last season and the season before she's always like, you know, I'm in therapy. I'm doing good. Da, da. And and Ramona is very, usually that, that's not, this is not new. So I, I heard, I saw a couple of people say Ramona's being really nice this season. No, like that's, she, she always does that. She always is very open arms in the beginning uh, the last like three or four seasons, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, and Leah got her really good by saying, oh yeah, I'm bringing, uh, Elise and my sister are coming tonight. And, mm-hmm. and, and Ramona believed her. And it was, it was, it was really funny because, but by the way, Elise saying that joke made me just want it so much more to be real. Like, that's what, you know, like, could you imagine, like, that's what we're talking about, man. Have Elise there. Have That was hilarious. There. That was but- actually really funny. But like put obstacles in Ramona's way. Let's like, you know, don't, that's the kind of yeah. stuff that it, it made me miss those things. Like I, Elise, you know, like I always joked, like she kind of came off like as a ghost. I didn't know if she was a ghost. I was like, are we the only people that can see Elise this season? And then she finally started getting into the mix. But it made me really bummed that she didn't come back because we knew we had a conflict there between Ramona and Elise. And you don't want to get these housewives too powerful where they're making decisions on casting, where Ramona was like, I don't want her there. I don't want her because Elise wanted to come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. By the Um, way, total, total side note. The whole thing with Luann's new apartment. Do you know? Do you notice she you, you know, she doesn't live in the city, right? I don't know New York at all. Luann, no, Luann rents an apartment for filming each. Her, she lives pretty much full time out in Sag Harbor. She, that's why she's always moving. It's because she's picking up like six month leases at a time. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of smart though, right? Like, you don't, I mean, like I, I there's another, see, I think all of these housewives are not as rich or anything as they want us to believe. I mean, I think Luann especially, I think all these ladies, except for Ramona needs this job. Like, I think, you know, this is a great, and by the way, Ebony, you know, she, you know, she's now told us for two episodes in a row of like how much like platforms mean to her, how much she, you know, it, it wasn't enough just to be a lawyer. She needed to be a broadcaster and it probably wasn't enough to be a broadcaster. She needs to be a housewife. That's that kind of social climbing. That's, you know, it's really, it's really interesting to watch. You know, I wish I had more of that in me, but I think all of these people need this platform in some way and financially for a lot of them, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what did, the, what did the, you think? What did you think of, of this week's episode? I liked it. See, I, but I'm, I'm really forgiving of anything real housewives of New York. And it's really how mm. you approach any kind of material. Like, it's like what, you know, if you like somebody, you're going to stand up for them or mm. you're going to make excuses for them. I, I said, I really liked it, but I will say the one thing I noticed at the end of the episode was, you, you know, when you go to bed, you're taking out 20% of the cast. And then it kind of mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it just was so silly. You guys, they're having a burning man party and it was decorated. So also, do you think, did Leah pay for that? I know it was in Ramona's backyard. Like who paid for all that? Cause it was really done up and they kept thanking Leah, like Leah, congratulations. You did so amazing. Leah, you did so amazing. And I'm like, this is Ramona's backyard. Who's like, did she pay for this? How did, what did Leah do besides the idea? I think she just gave the idea. I think production paid for it. Cause think about okay. it. There's no big, there's no big trips. They, they can't. And usually money would be going toward other parties. Um, you know, like those, fake Halloween parties that they do every year. Like typically money would be going to other parties. And so production 100% paid for it. I mean, it was really bad. They had like a teepee, they had a fire, you know, they had a wood fire pizza oven. They had the, uh, the, the spiritual advisors, the guys on stilts, they had had Cirque du Soleil people. Why? And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hysterical. They have all this production and then people are going to bed at like 9 PM. Like that's, you know, I, and, you know, they, they, it was funny because it just felt like sometimes by road of like, OK, this is our hopping in the pool time. OK, well, we're going to hop in the pool. And oh, OK, now we're going to go over like it, it felt a little bit of like touring around Disneyland. And um, but, you know, OK, OK, we'll spend a little time here for the camera and we'll spend a little time mm-hmm. here. I loved it. But like that's the I was there. I was like, I'd fuck that party up, man. I'd be like, no, five in the morning. Like what we're we're hanging like this is a deep hang. Like you don't, I mean, that to me is like the goal, those kind of parties, you know? Have you ever been to Burning Man? No, but my roommate has been like 14 years in a row or something. And he, and I was about to go one time when I was getting out of my divorce and, uh, and, and cause it's just, it sounds like insane. Like it just sounds amazing. And everybody has like these, that this spiritual journeys. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's a a lot of just rich people like but and even that is getting out of control because he would tell me stories of like all of a sudden like they're building small towns and then tearing them down in a week and he'd be like yeah you just wander on a desert and then all of a sudden you pop up there's skrillex or diplo you know just yeah. like djing for like 50 people and like unicorn outfits and <laughs> you know you're having all these weird sexual experiences and and drugs and all of this stuff and it sounds uh i mean i always love my coachella trips every year when i would do that music festival mm-hmm. with all my friends um, but, uh, yeah, no, I would be totally down for any, any, I, I love experiences like that. It's just yeah. that the older you get, you start to you feel it on your body. You know, you're just like, whoo, I remember the last Coachella I went to, 
you always have to like walk two miles out and it's like with 80,000 people. So it's like this slow trudge. Uh, and, and I, you just feel it. You're just like, and, but by the way, there's something innately hysterical complaining about a walk back from a music festival, you know, like a, a rich, per, you know, like it's just, it's hysterical when you're like, Oh, the bones, my bones. Yeah. And you're just trudging with all these people realizing they have to go back to the real world. Um, have you had any Reiki experiences? No, but I would love to. Can I tell you a, a potentially dirty Reiki, not that yes. it is a dirty Reiki story? And I told this on one of the, I used to do these things called Bailey blunders on the, the like the first, like the first year of the, the pod or the first couple months of the podcast. And this was one I, so I used to work at this massage place uh, called Burke Williams in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I was uh, a manager there and there was like this massage therapist um, and she did like Reiki and cranial sacrum massage and she was really skilled. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, like I, if you guys know, you guys know, like, I don't really, I, like I was, I did, I do really long relationships. And then like, I had, like, I didn't date around a lot in between, but there was this one girl that like, there was kind of flirting. I didn't, you know, and we, we, we dated for like a week and a half or two weeks. And I remember <laughs> I went over this is, this is if the kids are in the car, get, get the kids out. But they, um, she, uh, she did a, I don't know oh, what, what would be considered or how she described a, a Reiki blowjob. And okay. Yeah. I was, and you know, <laughs> I'm really a shy person by nature. And I was just like, ah, you know, and I was like, oh, that's silly. And she was like laying hands and I, whatever, it's fine. And then on completion of this, I burst into the hardest crying session of my life. I mean, I couldn't, I was like, ah, 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 what'd you do? What'd you do to me? What'd you do? I was like, I had never cried. Like, I mean, I'm talking, you know, like the, the when you're a child crying, like, like I couldn't, it was so deep within my soul crying. I it freaked me though. And she was like, yes, let it out. Yes. Yes. And I was, I had never, it was the scariest, craziest thing I've ever been a part of. That's amazing. Is it? Yeah. I probably just, just like, <laughs> yes. you're disgusting. How dare you? But it was so funny. Cause I was kind of like, oh sure. Yeah. We'll see what happens. You know? Yeah. Like, and you're, uh, yeah, yeah. So wow. sorry if I discussed. Wow. Bethany. Else. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So I appreciate Reiki, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, was that offensive, Jess? I'm so sorry if that was. No, offensive. I found it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what about your listeners, though. Uh, I, no, I was, they, they'll, they'll go with me. Yeah. This, I, I had my, God, I had my like ear to the 13, radio the whole time. <laughs> this is 13, 14 years ago. It's, um, but um, uh, yeah, so. I like where New York is going. I don't think, you know, I mean, Luann, we have the Garth uh, plot line uh, in the first episode. She mentions Garth, the guy that we had met last season of like, you know, oh, I've, I've scored, you know, I've, I've scored. He's all, you know, brains, good looks, all that stuff. We, we didn't, we met him last season? Yes, he was at the Hamptons house. He was the guy that came over. Was to, he the groomer? Uh, yes. Are you sure? I'm a thousand billion million percent sure. I thought that guy was gay. I'm a thousand billion million percent sure. Do you he know did. Garth? 
no, but he did. And by the way, there is reason because he did kind of like uh, turn. He was like, uh, Luann made a joke in front of him and he kind of was like, didn't like pick up on the flirting at all. But yeah, that's the guy. She said, yeah, he's been in my life. I mean, life it, looked, and... it looked like him from the trailer, but I thought that was a coincidence. Wow. No, it's Garth. Yeah, that's, that's Garth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there, I mean, that's interesting. But also Luann was like, we're friends with benefits, kissy, kissy. Sometimes we kissy, kissy. But Luann always has a tendency to fall hard and quick. So I do wonder if it's going to be, that's going to be another tragedy. Um, they're, already bro- they're already broken up. Yeah, I don't figure that would uh, yeah. last. I mean, I. what did you think of, I mean, I guess the controversial uh, part of this episode or what we're going to see next episode is Ramona calling uh, her um, uh, her people that work for her the help and Ebony picking up on that. That's like typical Ramona. We've seen yeah. this a hundred times. Yeah. Yelling and, at the guys in Mexico to unpack her suitcase. And I mean, this is Ramona. So, I mean, when you heard that, I mean, were you offended or do we just make excuses for Ramona? And also there is a a, a piece of this where it's like you, you know, people Ramona's age and stuff like that, like they are having to relearn how they talk to people. They are having to relearn these things. Uh, the big housewives terminology is like giving somebody grace. Do we give Ramona grace with this or who says that? Oh my God. It's, I feel, I feel like, uh, especially in the Dallas reunion last night, you know, everybody was like, Cameron was like, you know, I'd like a little grace girl. Oh my God. Well, listen, as far as, uh, was I offended? No, it's a, I mean, no, I'm just uh, observing, but I think we, you know, we, we've spent a decade sort of commercializing or just taking Ramona's behavior and turning it into entertainment. And I can't, I think that, you can't as a if that reality person themselves can't help but do that themselves you know i think she just knows that she's an entertainer so what it's sort of like she in a way could sort of say anything and it would be transmitted as a form of entertainment because she's a clown yeah you know yeah but I mean, it is, she is a, I mean, I gotta say like Ramona is the one person that can get away with things for me. Mm-hmm. Like I really do forgive uh, really very easily with Ramona because she's Ramona and there is something to say. Like, I, I don't know if that's something wrong with me, but I just find her so dang entertaining where trying to think of like Lisa Rinna to me is completely annoying and people, mm. but I think a lot of people find Rinna the way, like Rinna, the way I like Ramona, where it's like, I think she's completely in the wrong, but she's just so dang fun to watch. I think a lot of people think the same thing of Lisa Rinna in ways. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I love, I happen to like really like Rinna still. Um, Ramona, I'm liking Ramona a lot so far this season. Like I'm, you know, I'm finding it entertaining. Like she's not totally pissing me off the way she did a few seasons, a few seasons ago with the whole, I think it was like season nine with like, with like that fight with Bethany that went on for the whole season that drove me crazy. Um, You know, bringing up the fact that Bethany had like done like some like B movie like that annoyed (laughs) the crap out of me. But um, yeah, when any of these people have plans of attack, it's always the wrong, like, you know, like don't go in with any kind of plan. I feel like yeah. that's where housewives really screw up when they think they're going to give some big reveal or some, some big gotcha moment. It always backfires on them. Like it's fun for us to watch kind of because it's, it ends up being embarrassing and cringe, but it is fun because they always think they're like pulling out the big guns and it always just comes off as really embarrassing. It, it, it comes off as acting. 
Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, none of these people are good actors or they wouldn't be housewives. You know, yes. like that's it's the same thing with Vanderpump Rules is that like, don't rest on your laurels. This is a reality show. And most of you will not be working after this unless yeah. it's another reality show. You know, um, I mean, speaking of uh, another big thing people keep saying, and now we're two episodes in, so you can kind of judge a little bit clearer, is that how much of a loss do you feel with Dorinda and Tinsley not being there? I feel not just more bodies, but them in particular. I, I miss, I really miss Dorinda's presence. She was a, a, I mean, I mean, it's funny to say she was a grounding for, it's like, I miss old Dorinda. I miss season seven, eight, nine, seven, season seven, eight, nine Dorinda, um, where she was like a very grounding force. She came on like very, um, in a, in a lot of ways, voice of reason. Um, I miss that. And also I just miss like her, I just miss her face, you know, like she, there's a certain warmth about just like her presence on camera. And I miss her in the confessionals. Um, I, she would have been amazing at that burn in that burning man scene. You know, she would have brought a grain of, you know, an added grain of truth and humanity to it, I think. Tinsley, I I love Tinsley in the end, but I'm not really thinking about her. Yeah. You know? Is there there something to be said, though, with with Dorinda especially, is that, you know, what made her so uh, amazing to watch with her aggressiveness at times and her drunkenness, where it's like reality, where... It, it, there is a point where it doesn't become fun or funny anymore. It just becomes like we're watching an angry person or like, you know, it's like those friends in our lives where we love them, they're the best to hang out. And then you're like, oh shit, like this is still you. Like you're still doing the same thing you're doing. You know, like it, it just like I wonder, and I do, I, I, I especially wonder about Dorinda's evolution if she will have one in her downtime because I feel like it's, if she can get on the right path, it's, it's a done deal that she'll come back to the show. Do you think she if, wants if she, to come back? A billion percent. A really? Billion, yeah, because she was another one of those people that was like, I'm not at Housewives All-Stars. Thank you for asking. You know, like, you're like it was, she's like mm. wants to be in the mix. And I mean, this is a good segue into the, the Bethany Big Shot with Bethany Frankel, because in the first yeah. episode of the Big Shot, we have a Dorinda, uh, uh, she calls Dorinda, you guys. And I do, I did see Dorinda pop up on a preview. So I know she'll be in a, yes. uh, one of the, the last episodes, I assume. Um, yeah. But I, I think she... And especially, I mean, this was brought up on the pod the other day is that she has a book about to come out. Like, yes, you know, the book was planned in with with the thought of Dorinda would be on this show, you know, yes. like to, to be able to this would have been Dorinda's storyline was the launch of this book, you know, and that poor book company probably counted on that. Yes. That yeah, you're company. right. Never mind, sorry, that book company and publisher. That yeah. poor book. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I do miss Dorinda. Um, Although her activity on Instagram is pretty wacky. See, I, don't, I don't know what's don't, going on there. Watch. I mean, but it just seems like a dancing. I mean, I know she came out of the mist in the woods, like some just kind of dumb like, creature, shit. you know, <laughs> just dumb um, shit. it is. But, you know, that 
see to me when when you don't have a housewife show to back up like dumb shit like that then it becomes us like going oh no that's sad like there there's a sad element to it mm-hmm. and i do believe she definitely wants and i but i believe also if she took a long hard look on herself i really do and i hate to like you know, I do believe she does have an issue with alcohol and I want to be sensitive about that, but I believe if she confronted that, I I think she'd be back on the show in no time. I I mean, I really, I I really, really think that is, in fact, somebody, uh, Leslie Bibb, the guest on Watch What Happens Live last night, asked Andy, was like, Mm -hmm. hey, she snuck in a, you know, is Dorinda going to come back? And, And Andy was like, anything's possible. Anything is possible. You know, like- Do you uh, see, do you see a world in which- Next season, Dorinda and Tinsley are back. I mean, I uh, the imagination world in my mind that I love. I mean, I love the idea just because of they had that feud. Like, I I think you, if you go in there, you're already going in locked and loaded. You already Mm -hmm. have like a tenth of your work done for that season. If you can go in there with that that relationship and kind of either mending or, you know, like that to me is just, it's locked and loaded. You, you got that ready to go. And Mm -hmm. I also am fascinated with the idea of somebody, I mean, being sent out with like this glorious exit of like, she found her prince and all this stuff, what that's like to a woman's psyche um, about the loss of love and about the loss of something that you might think was forever. I think that is some, those are the conversations that I want to hear as I get older of, you know, I mean, as I get older, you know, it's just like these things that you thought your life was going to be like, and they don't turn out to be that way. To me, I think there's a lot of um, gold there, you know, and stuff that we can relate to. I would love to have them both back. That would be, that would be great. I mean, this is off time. I mean, but like, what is your background? Like where, where did you, I mean, what did, did you, I mean, were you a theater kid? Were you like, where, where did you, 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 me? Yeah, oh. Like where I'm like, I, I don't like where, like, where did you see your life? Like, I mean, obviously podcasting wasn't around when we were kids. Like, oh. I mean, so it couldn't have been an aspirational thing. Like, no. What? Uh, okay. So I was always like super into pop culture. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up like, my my main point of of pop culture reference and sort of how I view the world truly was through the lens of Madonna, like truly. And like, did you think you were going to work for Madonna one day? Was that no, like, no, no, you, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just like just in terms of like my own like human development and, you know, watching Truth or Dare, just like how I sort of just like a point of reference. And then um, I I was always like really like tech stuff came very very easily to me. So mm-hmm. that was always like what I did for fun, sort of that sort of creative outlet. And then I went to college. I, you know, you know, sort of majored in a tech-related field. And what wound up happening was I fell in with a group of people who were starting up this independent uh lesbian website and I became a writer for them. So I wrote for this site and it's still it's still around. It's called autostraddle.com and it's become the most you know successful independent uh gay website that exists on on the internet internet. Were you, whatever you were like it's called the drudge report you uh you can still <laughs> see it um yeah <laughs> um so like originally when i approached them um so th- that website started as an offshoot from like the founder's blog she had a very successful blog where she wrote recaps of the l word and she really garnered a huge audience in the comment section and when the l word when it was going off the air she was like what should I do with this community of people? And so she wound up 
founding this website and got this whole team around her. And initially I pitched them like, Hey, I'd love to like do some design work for you. Cause that was my, that's my full-time career. I work in tech and like design and I wound up never designing one thing for them. I don't know how I fell into writing. I think I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I, I think maybe it's, as, I think it was as simple as like, actually, Rosie O'Donnell is going to be on Howard Stern. Can I recap that for the website? So literally, that is how I start. Like my podcast is legit, just the another form of what I was writing. I did interviews. I interviewed Sandra Bernhard, Margaret Cho, um, tons of people, like tons of the cast members of The L Word. I interviewed literally anybody, like Jennifer Beals, like the star, like people, like dream people. And so that was how I got my foot in the, that was where I, I sort of like honed my chops on like how to actually interview somebody and, and also just as a creative outlet. And then never in my, when I was a huge podcast listener and never did I think I was ever going to sit down and record my voice doing anything. I was actually always very self-conscious about my voice growing up. Um, and it's ironic because I actually get a lot of compliments now on my voice. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just so funny because literally it was like my, I was so self-conscious about my, I always felt my voice was like too rat. If I would hear myself, like leave a message. Oh God. I would yeah. be like, Oh my God. How does anybody talk uh, to me ever? I hate um, when they give you that chance to listen to, I mean, yeah, it never oh goes God. away where you're just like, Oh, I mean, I hate li- I editing, you know, that's why I don't do a lot of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So long, long story short, uh, that's how, so, so yeah, like this, but I'm saying, were they feels- dr- like, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, like when you're wanting to be an actor, you know, that mm-hmm. I think acting above, you know, you, they call it a dream, you know, you have a dream and you're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, dreams can be family dreams can get, be getting married, having a nice, you know, there are dreams. And I don't know if you think of this of like, do you still think of dreams you think like, or is there a part of you of like, I'm not where I wanted to be at this certain age. I mean, I know we on summer house, Lindsay had her list for life, you know, of like this by this, this by this, this I by never, this. So here, here's the thing. I, I never, I never had that. Um, I think it's a pro. Well, in terms of career, n- uh, maybe in terms of money. Like I'm used to. I think I used to think. You know, w- listen. When I when I started my first job, I made, I think like thirty thousand dollars when I got hired at my first job. When I was, I I I graduated when I was twenty, and um, you know, college, and I so I started working before I was twenty one, and. I was so excited that my salary was $30,000 and I remember telling my parents and then I, I think just getting promoted and I would feel I would get a lot of fulfillment that way. So, but in terms of like a dream, no, I mean, I think like growing up gay, I certainly wasn't like, Oh, I want to get married or have kids. Like that was never part in terms of like life goals. No, I was like, you know, looking for somebody that I wanted to be around more than, you know, I I wanted to see if I could like find somebody that I could want to spend a whole weekend with. Yeah. Like it would be, the goals were much smaller. But see, to me, that is the fascinating part. Like, you know, hearing your life story or what you were trying to do or what you thought you could do. Like to me, that's why these reality, reality shows sometimes like, you know, all you have to do is just talk to the person like, you know, everybody yeah. has that story. You know, we were talking about Vanderpump Rules earlier and I'm just like, well, you know, you don't have to go far to find the commonalities in all of us and to find the thing that's like fascinating yeah. um, with each person. But 
you know, you're coming up. It reminds me of, you know, we have this show, the big shot with Bethany, you guys. And the concept of this show basically is Bethany needs a number two, you guys. She runs an <laughs> empire, you guys. She is the top of this is the top of where you and she doesn't have she has a very skeleton crew and she needs the number two person. And she sets it up like it is potentially the largest thing that's ever happened to anybody ever. And you want to believe it. You know, you're like, OK, well, maybe like I remember you know, and, and this is a trigger alert. Um, I'm going to bring up Donald Trump. I remember watching every season of The Apprentice. I remember loving The Apprentice. Loved it. Thought he was a kook. Uh, loved the B-list celebrities on it. And I genuinely, when the first Apprentice before Celebrity Apprentice, they were selling a job that worked for Donald Trump. And I bought it. I believed it because Donald Trump had presented this image of himself as this you know, I had always grown up knowing this guy was a billionaire. Or he told us he was a billion, you know, and I had no reason to question anything. So I was like, holy shit, this guy's getting a real job with Donald Trump. Is this a real thing? Mm -hmm. And the contestants, I remember on The uh, uh, the Apprentice, were like the first iteration before Celebrity. Bill Rancic. Like, okay, these, Bill Rancic, who won. I was like, yeah. these are good. These are good people that have a business background. And the, 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 I, I want your opinion, but my opinion before is just that I wanted to love this. And then I met the contestants and I realized <laughs> this is so full of shit. This is such a fake show. Bethany, I don't would never want, like she, by the end of the fourth episode, I was like, well, I don't want to work for Bethany at all. Like, I don't even know why any of these people would want to work for Bethany. This is so weird. Um, but then I was thinking by the end of the fourth episode is like, does this almost work because it is so weird and obnoxious? Like, does it almost like I started trying to find ways that it that it did work for me? I don't know. So what are all your thoughts before we get into this? I fucking love this show. I love it. it I think this is the most entertaining thing. I have, I mean, it's a total mess. It's, there's no structure <laughs> thing. It seems as if they're just making it up as they go along. Um, it's a complete mess. The contestants yeah. are embarrassing. Um, this DJ, Nicole Rose is absolutely, uh, she, she's intolerable. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, they found her on Instagram. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I, but I am talking to DJ Nicole Rose on Friday. Oh my God. <laughs> her her people approached me, which made me Stop laugh. It. And Stop. I was like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, well, because by the way, you guys, so you meet the contestant. She's obviously the one that like oh really my God, she's stands out. She stands wow. out in a very interesting way. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I always want to talk to somebody for 20 minutes about somebody that like was the aggressive character on a, a reality show. And it's like good, good practice. But like the, the, the thing that ruined it for me though, is that just not, if, the, if Bethany really took her business seriously, none of these people would be up for it. And just, you would have been a better choice. That was my <laughs> whole, like you would have been a better, no, think of it. You have tech background. You have, this is what she's looking for. You have social media background. You're a writer. You would have been a, that's my whole point. You would have been a better contestant on this. I would have been more fascinated watching you and taking it more seriously than any of these other contestants on there. Am I, am wow. I completely wrong? Well, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, listen, 
none of these people have like the, the she's looking for a VP of operations. The fact is to be a VP of operations, your background has to be in sales. And yeah. I, I think Maloxi has a background in sales. I think Maloxi is going to win the thing. She's my pick to win. Um, I did like the, yeah. I mean, as far as what you're saying about the contestants, it's, it's absolutely nuts. I I am really enjoying how you know that girl, that woman then they that they bring in at the end of I think the third episode. They just the elevator doors open and all of a sudden a new contestant is brought yeah, in. Yeah. By the way, you guys, she keeps doing like she keeps bucking the trend of like then at the end of the fourth episode, a guy from the first episode that got left let go on the first night wrote her a special letter and she's like, oh, I oh, that was so that. fake. That was and ridiculous. So he comes back at the end of the fourth episode, so it's bucking the trends of like now it's just like none of this really matters as a contest because there's no real rules it's like there's no at, contest there's the no end job. Of the first episode there's only like six contestants left like it, it that's when it, you're like oh i mean that's when i start i get worried when it's like wait you're you really want to get this done quicker than i want you to get this done you know do you know what you know this is produced in addition to mark burnett Alex Baskin and Doug Ross from Evolution. I mean, those are huge names in this they're, field, they're, right? They're produced. They're the executive producers of the show. I saw they pro- that. Yeah, they produce Beverly Hills and Vanderpump Rules. So I think more than a competition show, I think what they're really trying to do is produce a dramatic reality show. And it's it's it, this is a runway for Bethany to wear, you know, Balmain on. You know, this is just a fashion <laughs> run, runway. Um, but you know what? I need Bethany on my television. I Why? miss her. She's amazing. I mean, okay. she's amazing. She, I, she's amazing. I, I, you know, to me, she like, oh, I, I feel like each episode is a chance for her to talk me out of liking her. Like I, I feel like she, she is so wishy-washy and so hypocritical and goes every which way. And when she's like, you know, you, 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 think, you think I'm going to cuss if, if I had an opportunity, I would work day, day, morning, night. Like she, I don't get a sense that she like the rules don't apply to Bethany yet. She's making these rules for all these other people. It's completely bizarre. And I don't think, I think she sucks all the air out of the room where she couldn't ever even have a number two, if this was a real job, you know, I don't think she could ever have a number two. No, but listen, the fact of the matter is I want this to be two- a real job and it's not. And that's why I'm upset. This is not a real job. There, right. This is not correct. Real. And frankly, the person who is there's only one human being on this earth who is going to become the VP of operations. And that person is Bryn Hoppy. And we all know it. Yeah. By the way, you guys, Bryn, her daughter, she's in a real tough pickle, doesn't know who to let go. So she calls her daughter Bryn. She's like, Corey's a sweetheart. But this other girl, da, da, da. And Bryn's like, and she's like, oh, you're saying because we don't see Bryn. We just, oh, Bryn. So you're saying that we should let Corey, uh, da, da, da. you know, and I'm just like, this is amazing. I mean, I I do love the device of having Bryn uh, give advice. I do love that. Bryn I, is going to take I, over the skinny girl empire. That's how it's going to go down. But um, I just, I'm <laughs> so entertained by the show. Like I look forward to it each week. And the fact that they're, they've been releasing two episodes a week, which I did not expect was just like, when I saw that, that uh, when the show premiered, that there was not one episode, but two, it was as if I won a contest. Really? Yeah, I was so excited that there was another one. The first episode wow. actually wasn't even that great. It, I felt like it really kicked off with episode two. I really find it fat. I, I see. I just it, this is just a personal thing. Is that I? 
if I sense that you are not being real with me in this contest, then you uh, you got your work cut out because I feel like you're fucking fucking with me. I'm wasting my time for a job that isn't real with these. And by the way, if the job was real, then you're a fucking idiot in business anyways to have these as your contestants. Like what I, I would want to like, what does a real thing like this look like? But like, if, if you really do need this job, what does that look like? I want to see real people and get these button up people from Harvard in there competing. I want to see what that real thing is like, okay, well, you want this job where you're going to have to be on TV to get it. Like, I want to see those people, like some kind of buttoned up stiff. That's the to- thing though. That's, that's the thing. Those people wouldn't go on a reality show. I know. And then that's why I feel like this shouldn't be a reality show. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I need the reality of this or they need to do a better job of, of, of acting like this is serious. They need to do a better job of fooling the audience or fooling the audience that has watched mm-hmm. these shows forever. And by the way, I, like I said, I hate to say this, but Donald Trump should sue the pants off Bethany Frankel. This is literally a, a rip off of the apprentice. And, and I hate to say not done nearly as well. And well, that's a Mark Mark, Bur- well. Mark Burnett created The Apprentice. I know, yeah. So he and he came on co- him. Co- co-created this. So it's not really Donald Trump. It's the same guy is doing well. Both. Well, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it is the I, I would be, <laughs> I would be legitimately pissed if I was Donald Trump and the show got huge because I would be like, mm. this person's ripping me off. Are you fucking mm. kidding me? Like this is like, and I just. I don't know. This it's one long skinny girl uh commercial, which is fine. I mean, it's fine. Um Bethany doing the in, in that last episode, did you catch it? She suddenly started doing a confessional from the car. Yeah, she was like, I can't tell if it's like we gotta get this, and she's like, Oh, just fuck it, put a camera on my face. Like, I can't tell. And oh, you guys, and then like the one guy, so Corey gets the one guy uh that was one of the contestants. He, uh, you know, he gets let go, but then, but then he said such a good heart that Bethany wants to keep him around as an assistant. Like, so I'm like, are we just giving out job? Like what? I, I honestly don't know what the, but also was this part of the, the pitch thing of like, I'm going to be totally indecisive and I'm going to keep bringing these people in and out. And that's going to be kind of the bit is that I cannot decide anything. I think it was definitely part I think it had to have been planned that they were going to bring people back and bring in that that new woman because that they would have had to have that all lined up think about it this was filmed during COVID so there had to be a lot of preparation there had to be a lot of quarantine done so I think this is all this was all planned I don't think these things are just like happening willy-nilly in the way in which we're watching them this all had to be very pre-planned as everything that was filmed during COVID did so yeah because for you know this was announced and then COVID hit and then so it they was delayed. They, it, yeah, yeah, very delayed. Um, so um I here's the deal. Like it's 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 very glossy, it's very shot well. Um, I just these contestants though, I just don't I mean, to me, it just loses all credibility when you're like, holy fuck, I could do better than this person. Like, it, I was like, I could run Bethany's company, you could run Bethany's company. Isn't it weird that this is on HBO Max? Because it doesn't feel like an HBO show at all. It feels like, frankly, it feels like a Bravo show. Well, this is my thing is that HBO Max was very smart in that saying, okay, we want to be one of the number one streaming services. Mm -hmm. So we're having to, if you notice HBO Max's docket now 
is they're reaching out. They're creating shows like Netflix who have like, okay, well, we want a reality show audience too. And they're doing a couple of reality shows and we want this amazing mm -hmm. documentary audience and we want this children's audience. So we're going to bring Sesame Street and do a new, new iteration. They are purposely taking all of these little slivers of us viewers and making a hub for that, just like Netflix. And I got to tell you, HBO Max is doing a great job, even if I don't love uh, the big shot with Bethany, which by the way, I don't think HBO Max loves the big shot with Bethany because I think that is one of the reasons they're burning off two episodes at a time. And the publicity for this thing has been very little except for that first week. I mean, Bethany didn't even do a watch what happens live appearance. That was, that's weird. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I think, I think it is not something Bethany is insanely proud of. I think she's, she knows mm -hmm. how to sell things, but like, come on, she is not out there talking to anybody and everybody like she could mm -hmm. be. She's not I even mean, reaching it's, out it's, to the reality show audience. It's shocking to me that her podcast is on hiatus right now. She sh what she should have done is have every one of those people roll through during the, the run of the show, the four weeks the show is on, have, you know, fucking DJ Rosé, like talk to each of these people about business stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, um, that would have been more of a like fine. Let you know that would have been interesting. Just going up to the actual show of like actually getting to know these people a little bit more because you don't have that celebrity apprentice thing of you know having these celebrities and their audiences to their fan base tune in because they're celebrities. Um, but also, Bethany, I got this sense that Bethany. As she gets, you know, not richer, but as she, you know, like she really has had an amazing life from where we saw her start with the housewives. And she fancies herself now, though, I think as like a hotter Fran Leibovitz, like a, a hotter, like of like, look at me making these observations, witty observations. That's what I'm here for. And it's like, Bethany, no, you don't need like that's what's got her into hot trouble about the Meghan Markle stuff. You know, right. I think she thinks She's making these connections with her mind. I think she really thinks she's at that Fran Leibowitz level level of commenting, of public commentary. And it's like, why did she do stand up? So yeah, you guys, I talked about this on the show. There was that Page Six article that I thought it was for the big shot. I thought me we too, that, me too. I and I maybe and that I, is one of the final episodes. I but so I DM doing it just for fun. I DM'd um uh, this guy Chris. Uh, who he's she tapped him to be one of the producers on the show. He's a long time Roni producer. And I asked him, I'm like, is this for the big shot? He's like, it's not. It wasn't filmed for the show. <laughs> I asked him, I was like, you got to tell me right now. He's like, no, but it, it's like Elon Musk uh, hosting SNL. What if Bethany, what if Bethany is like the best standup that's ever existed? And, you know, we just didn't know it. Like, what if she is like Ellen DeGeneres, Rosie O'Donnell, or what if, what if she's like doing public con? Like, what if she's like race in America? Let's get into it. You know, like what if she is like, yeah, what, if, she, what if she's like Chris, Ro level? Chris Rock? <laughs> yeah. You know, she's like, what the, like, I mean, I think Bethany fancies herself as hysterical. Like I think, and by the way, she is funny, but I think she fancies herself as next level comedy. I think she fancies herself of like, oh, I can do that. Oh, that's what I do. I mean, everybody around me laughs. Everybody around me laughs, laughs on top. La, la, la. And I think that's also what got her into trouble. I mean, I also wonder if that Meghan Markle tweet, because that's when she started kind of taking a hiatus from a lot of things, mm -hmm. if it really ruined, not ruined her brand, but really hurt her brand so much that, you know, it might've uh, hurt the HBO Max show a little bit hurt the, you know, like I do wonder about those things of like, she had a lot of heat uh, coming after her after that Meghan Markle tweet. 
the whole thing, the whole thing, she's always like, we can't, like, I suck at social media. Like, I can't do social media. I've said, if I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. She says she doesn't know how to do social media, yet she figured out how to live stream Cookie's death so that the Roni producers would be able to repurpose that content for the new season. Oh, you think that's exactly why she did it? She live streamed cookies. Death. No, I understand, but that, but I, but I didn't think that was for Roni. I just thought that, but in Bethany's delusional mind, her the closest thing that's ever been to her is her presence on social media. Yes, I, I no, I don't think she was like, like, oh, the Roni. I, I don't think c- correct. I know, I don't think she was able to like string it together. That like, oh, they'll just be able to use yeah, this. I okay, think she's yeah. just. I think she's just nuts. Like she's always does. self-producing too. Well, she she's addicted to being seen, to being yeah. seen on camera. Well, I mean, if you get like over a decade in this, I'm sure that is yeah. what your that is the new norm, you know. And that's why I mean, I was really shocked because it was Roni premiere day, and people were like, "Wow, I'm shocked Bethany hasn't made some big announcement to try to steal the spotlight today." Because that's what you remember she did on the the premiere of Roni last season. What did, what did she announce? She announced something uh, that kind of like was it. I forget. She you know, I remember I remember because it was like we were like, oh, that's so shitty, you know? Well, she did when the trailer dropped that this time, that was when she announced uh the her engagement. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean, remember she, what it was last year. She is really funny. Uh she's very funny in a lot of ways because it really there is a desperation there that we sense. And and as we get further into pop culture and the history of it, you do really sense that because of social media. I don't think we sense the desperation that one of my favorite movies is this movie soap dish and um, uh, Sally field will be Goldberg, Robert Downey Jr. Just really dark comedy, Kevin Klein and Sally field. When she'll get down, she's like a famous soap opera actress. And when she gets down, she'll, she likes to go to the mall. So people will notice her. And that's, she needs that adulation. She needs that like, oh my God, you're the, you know, and then people are like standing around and she need, and you can tell that that fills her. And this is what I feel with like social media and all that. We're watching these people. It really fills them up and we get to notice that. So we don't, we see it in such a way that we also sense, I think the innate sadness that goes along with this, the, of somebody needing this as part of their brand, because at this point, skinny girl, if skinny girl, I think is up and operational and it's good, you know, like I don't, you know, Bethany is definitely tied with the Skinny Girl franchise. Um, but do you think at this point, Bethany is like, do you think the the casual consumer of Skinny Girl products knows Bethany? The casual consumer. Knows Bethany as the what? face of Skinny Girl, as the oh as the well, brains behind Skinny Girl. Well, I say yes because she does those HSN lives. And that's where I think she makes most of her money is in that shapewear, like the clothing. She's the main model. She's literally selling it direct to consumer. Okay, yeah. They do an HSN competition on this show, folks. And uh, I couldn't even tell if that was real. I was I like, know, I, I so, couldn't tell if, oh my God. They, didn't show it, they showed like a fake, um, I don't know. So I was like, I can't even tell if this is real, you know? I would love to know if that ever aired live. Yeah. You know, I mean, supposedly yeah. it was airing live the whole time, but like, okay, what was the date? Like, I want to somebody dig back in the HSN. Somebody, if somebody works for HSN, please write to Ryan. I that's yeah, a great question. Right. That's a great question. I won't even say your name no, on air. That's a question to ask uh, Nicole Rose. Yes. Like, what right. date yeah. did, what did this did this air? Like, and when? Well, What's the, the way, date? Nicole Rose talks so fast that I don't even know if I'll be able to ask questions because she just goes. 
Um, but uh, I, I know I think it'll be. I can't pretty... believe her quote unquote people reached out to you. I know. Yeah. Wow. Was, yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, Hey, listen, I talked to Brandy uh, Redmond's dog trainer last week. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I, and, and by the way, and he was awesome. He was fascinating. Everybody yeah. has like, a good story. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, I know I've taken up so much of your time, but I, I have a, a, just a, a couple other things really quickly. Um, um, so Bethany, you're excited. You, we got two more episodes <laughs> or three more episodes. I don't know. Not enough. Not I enough. need more. I need more. <laughs> I love, I love you sitting there like, Woo, I love it. Um, I think it's a mess you guys, but I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to hear your opinions on it. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's a show. It's definitely a show. People, we all, people, people are hate watching it. People love to hate it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I listen, I watch a lot of shows. So I just like, I, I saw that the fourth episode, the third episode was only 38 minutes long. And I was like, yes. Cause the other ones were like 44. So if I can save wow. a couple minutes, I was just like, yes. Um, I mean, was there any other standouts in this show that you thought? No, that's about it. It's <laughs> yeah, super bizarre. That's about just, it. Looking forward yeah. to seeing Dorinda. I think it's weird that she was just on that phone for like some random thing. Well, and the Dorinda was like, Oh, you, you know, you show them the real Bethany. And you know, it's like, if we don't know Dorinda, like who's, who is this girl we're talking to on the phone? But I, that's how much they assume that we are watching because of housewives. You know, Do you think is, is anybody watching this show, but us, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I, cause that's mm-hmm. why I don't think the, the, the media budget, the, the advertising really is not, it didn't seem to be huge for this. It really seemed to be yeah. very select in who they were going out to. And I think, I wonder that that's the question I would love to ask Bethany too, is like, do you get scared you are very entangled in in Real Housewives of New York. And by the way, it seems like she does lean into it. I mean, that was the, remember when she said she created, like that was the part of the Meghan Markle thing is that she created reality. Like she was, <laughs> you know, remember like where she tried to take credit for reality shows and Housewives as a whole. And I just think that's the kind of shit that I'm like, no, nobody, my, my big, one of my big statements on anything is nobody is bigger than the show. Yeah. Nobody is bigger. And Bethany is only bigger than the show because of money. She was the only one to find a way to make herself. And that really, I find Bethany had that kind of chutzpah that she would have done it regardless of the show. I feel like she would be a multi, I mean, it definitely made it faster for her, but she seemed Mm -hmm. so passionate and such a hard worker. And I will give her credit for that. I mean, she was slinging stuff. She was, but like that kind of mind fascinates me of like, yeah, nothing else matters. I guess what Bethany gonna... can never have a real marriage. Wow. I don't think so. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Brynn will always be the closest, but like, I don't think she can ever truly love in the way that we are known, the way that we view mm-hmm. love or, you know, in terms of an, a partner. I'm not talking about in terms of her daughter. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Sorry. dark. I think, like, <laughs> Jess, are you, are, do, do you find Bethany attractive? Do you like, do you think she's hot? Um, no. Okay. Wow. Really? She's, um, that is a body that needs clothes on it. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's, it's a body that needs clothes and she's got a voice that needs a face. You got to pat that's got to be on a t-shirt. You got to I mean that is have you used that before? That's amazing. No, I've never said that before. God. But cuz I'm thinking listen, she's 
anorexically thin. I mean, I don't know if she's, I don't know what the deal is with the food, but hey, skinny girl really works. It's skinny. yeah. She's this, is this. No, I, I mean, I, I think she looked the best to me when she cut her hair short. I also hate her hair. Like how it's so long and stringy and just kind of looks dead. I really, I thought she looked the best during, I guess it was season eight of the Real Housewives of New York when she had just cut her hair. Um, I thought she looked great with the short hair. Um, I would find her more attractive if she cut her hair again. Um, but with the long stringy hair, it's uh, it's going to be a no for me. It's going to be a no for me, dog. It's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, we, I mean, Real Housewives of New York, we will find out where it goes. I, I don't, I mean, by the way, I don't think it's bad in any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't think Roni, the first, like, I don't, there's not part of me that's like, it's a little slow, but there's no part of me. I love those three core ladies so much. And I really like Leah a lot. I mean, I love her, you know, personally, but I mean, those three, those, those are three legends and they really make things happen. So to me, that is still really super entertaining to watch. Uh, The last thing, just really quickly, what did you think of the, uh, I guess the finale of Summer House of the the reunion. I know you were watching Summer. Oh House. my God, I, I love Summer House show as well, uh, which you guys should go listen to. They go over uh, astrology and all of that. I mean, like, but what did you think of the finale? The the finale or the reunion? I guess the reunion is what I consider the finale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Luke Luke admitting <laughs> that he was produced to invite Hannah. Uh, to Minnesota was so fucking wild and I believe him 100% it was it was actually real like what we saw was Andy freaking out we saw producers yeah, Andy, freaking Andy was like, out no 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 that no. didn't happen that didn't happen oh no, that didn't and by the way that did happen I think it was it wasn't happening in the way of you better ask Hannah out. It was asked like, Hey, you invite a lot of people to Minnesota. Would you, uh, would you ever invite Hannah to Minnesota? Like, I mean, I bet, I think it was like things like that, like how they question you into things, you know? Yeah. I thought that was, it was but it shows so- how dumb Luke is. I mean, it shows how, like, I love the guy, but like, he's just slow. Like what, what, what did he think he, what I know possessed what he him to I know say he, that? Well, I know he wanted to basically say like, like, Hey, I, I wasn't really ever into Hannah that much as, as everybody wanted to believe. I really liked her, but I never, you know, like, I think he, you know, I, I, but I just love it. I love the fact that people find it so unbelievable. Like, yeah, guys hook up with girls sometimes and they're not attracted to them. It happens. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. That's like, well, it, well, then how do you explain this? How do you explain them being in bed together? Um, most guys do that to girls. Like, are you kidding me? That's so horrible. It is horrible, but like that is the truth of that situation. But I love that all of a sudden we're like using that as some kind of fact that this is, that, you know, that this was true and he really did like Hannah. Like he liked her as much as he could like somebody that he wasn't attracted to. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't attracted to Hannah. I mean, I yeah. just, no offense to Hannah, but I think he really liked Hannah. I think he found Hannah funny. I think he found like, you're my quirky friend, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it was who was it? Was it Amanda who said that would be like when they were like did not they were saying that would be like the the producers telling Kyle to propose to Amanda on the boat? It's like uh, who said who said that? That was Paige. Oh, it was Paige. The second it's like 
Of course the producers told him to propose to a man. Their entire relationship is based on this television show. Yeah, you know, by the way, you you think that that the that they all didn't know that Kyle had the ring in his butt. Like you like they by the way, Kyle tipped them off because they're also friends. I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm gonna, you know, even if it wasn't like you better do this, Kyle would be like, I want to propose to Amanda. Do you guys have ideas on that? And they probably presented right. him with a couple ideas and he picked the boat. But th- yeah. that's but that's by the way, I'm okay with that part of reality shows. I'm okay with like questioning things, but it shows with like Luke where he is kind of he can be weak-minded and suggestible and i think luke probably this tortured him a little bit because he was like well i didn't even really like her i was doing this for this show you know like i think there is and i i hate because it i don't want to sound like i'm defending luke's behavior but i do want to mm-hmm. like okay li- listen hannah and Paige know social media like the back of their hands you know it's like when they pick on Luke or when they pick on somebody else, you know, they, they can get their core audience against somebody. They can use social media against somebody. And like Luke doesn't know how to use social media to save his life. Like Luke will re like, and it's just one of those things is that he's just not savvy in that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like this is so cool to be savvy in social media and like audience manipulation or anything mm-hmm. like, that. but it, it was just frustrating. Cause I just saw a guy there tr- not really necessarily know what he was trying to say, but just trying to say, like, I didn't even want to do this to you. I'm sorry you're hurt. He's not a savvy reality person at all, Um, but he somehow makes himself the star. Like, it's interesting. He somehow made himself the star of that second reunion, despite the fact that he's not really made for this world. It's interesting. Um, I don't know, but I, but I, I found that I, I loved it. I loved the finale. I loved the final episode of Summer House. And how did I loved you walk away? How did you, how did you feel about Hannah walking away from this season? What, what did you feel? She's an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, and and by the way, I can even say maybe she's an asshole this season, even though watching her family fight for her on social media makes me think, oh, this is a family learned thing, mm-hmm. you know, like. But I, there is a part of this, and I guess it sometimes makes good for good reality stars and stuff is that. There's she won't she won't lie down like she won't take any kind of blame. She Do you won't think lie she'll down. be back? She'll fight back. Uh, uh, I think I think anything's possible, but I just don't know if I was a producer on that show. Is it worth it? Like, is it worth it to see how that comes together? Is it worth it? You know, because I think in essence, Hannah is taking down the stocks of Sierra and Paige. So do you bring those three back and they're like a, you know, triumvirate or like the, the witches and, you know, but if you get rid of Hannah, then you can kind of get to know Paige and Sierra a little better, you know, mm-hmm. or you get rid of Paige and Sierra, you bring back Hannah. And then like, Hannah's just like, then it's like a reverse, by the way, like, I mean, I thought last season, Hannah and Paige, you know, I always felt bad for Lindsay. I felt uh, Hannah, Paige and Amanda were the the, the triumvirate. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always felt bad for Lindsay. That's why I was happy Danielle came on. And I thought she did a great job. But I don't know. I don't think. Do you think so? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if you're a producer, how do you approach this? Yeah, the issue is that. The issue, well, okay, I can see it both ways. I can see them bringing her back because it's a built-in storyline, you know, bringing back the friendships. However, but then it becomes, you know, it's the conceit of the show is that it is a summer house of friends. Like, it's not meant to have all of this. The conflict is meant to come from the romantic entanglements, not conflicts between the friend, the friends, like the housemates. Yeah. So it sort of goes against the very concept of the show. 
Like why in reality would they be sharing a house with somebody they hate? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean that's when it gets into that thing of like, I mean, Kyle says summer should be fun. Like I, I be, and by the way, I feel like Kyle, like, you know, if, the, if Hannah really genuinely apologized, I feel like Kyle would be like, fuck yeah, let's party next summer. Let's do this. Like, I really do feel like he would drop it in a heartbeat. But like Hannah even said at the very end, when Carl was like, that's the most honest you've ever been of like, I always mm-hmm. think Kyle's trying to destroy me. And so I overdo it of like, look at me, look at me. And, you know, Carl was like, thank you. That's finally the first honest thing that you've yeah. said. I appreciate that. But like she holds grudges and I don't think, and I think she's still, if you look at her social media and all, and my, my thing got like personal too, because even when I try to like think of it from all angles of like taking what I personally feel out of it and just like, okay, am I trying to be fair? I still look at her social media and go, well, she's still, she's stealing jokes. I mean, like at the end of the day, she's stealing joke formats. Like, I mean, there's no, there, you can't argue that fact. He's like, doing that, stand, I see her listed on standup. Uh, bills in New York. Like she's literally doing stand up like a few blocks from me. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure she is. I mean, I'm, I, I, I hope she is, does good. I just think the Twitter stealing of the bits feels Bad. very, because it's like her recognizing my core audience is a, as a certain type of female. And yeah. then she's stealing jokes that like relate to that certain type of thing. So she thinks she's being brilliant because I'm recognizing what my audience needs and what will build that audience. But then there's this whole sub level to it of like, but you're stealing things and you're just putting different words inside of joke pattern. That isn't your joke. So it's not like there's no there's no realistic you there. You know, we're not getting the sense of who you are. You're just wanting she's to be a more. Pro- she's like a proxy. Yeah, kind of. And I think like, I, I really yeah. liked Hannah last season. So who knows, though? We'll see. We'll see. I've taken up so much of your time, Jess. I, I knew this would be long. And we I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. Um, Listen, the moral of the story. The mar- Here's the moral of the story. Number one, too soon to too close to call with. Roni, it's too soon. You got, we got to wait 10 yeah, more we weeks to figure out where we're at. Yeah. Number two, very excited for Beverly Hills. Number three, I still fucking love Bethany. She's still my one true love. Okay. So that's, you were, that's, that's, you were right on those first two, the last three. That's, <laughs> I'm so sad to see the pain you're going to have to go through with that opinion. But yeah. And b- by the way, we didn't even get to like Beverly Hills next week. Are you, I'm very excited. I, my excitement I really level, my is, excitement, my excitement level is at a 10. Well, you will have to come on to actually a scene by scene recap one of those episodes because I am going to cover that season fully on the show in terms of recap. I'm so bad at recapping. Um, like I don't. No, know. You know, I can give random thoughts, but I don't know how. That's, to... that's recapping. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so you guys, very exciting. You already subscribed to Hot Takes and Deep Dives. If you don't, do it now. Uh, this upcoming week, uh, she's going to have our one of our favorites, Lara Marie Shane Halls, to talk about one of our favorite subjects, Sex in the City, which yes. you know. Laura is a huge fan of with her Saving Sex in the City 3 podcast and how did that go was that great Are we it was great that? we yeah it was, it was great we like brainstormed ideas like wish fulfillment for what this new series and just like that will be you know I'm a huge Sex in the City fan uh, absolutely loved it you know in high school and college so we had a lot of fun sort of bantering ideas around and uh, yeah Lara's the best um, I interviewed Tabitha um, from Tabitha Takes Over and Sheer Genius True. that'll be on and she got Rosie O'Donnell you guys Rosie O'Donnell was like about a month 
month ago or I, I time all still blends, but I mean, really, this is the one like Gina Gershon was on recently. This is the show to listen to. If you want in-depth interviews with some amazing people that to me are stars, I mean, really just next level stars. So, I mean, this is the podcast for that. So tell your friends, tell your, you. you know, and, and I really, I really, really do believe that. So, uh, keep your eye out for anything that Jess does. Uh, is there anything else coming up that we need to know about? Um, let's see. I think, uh, this week I interviewed, um, my friend, Ben Rimmelauer, who is Luann's, oh my Cabaret, God. Luann's Cabaret director. And he's legit the best storyteller. He's got Bethany stories. He produced Bethany and Teresa's audiobooks. How do you even produce an audio? I mean, like, that's just so funny. Like, he, take chapter he, one again. And, and also he's produced like audiobooks for Meryl Streep, but like to, um, so I have him like compare and contrast producing Bethany and Teresa. He had, and he just says amazing stories. So I think the Ben Rimmelauer episode is super oh entertaining. If you're like a Roni fan, it's like, or well, New man, Jersey. I want to talk to him. I want to talk to him and read now a page from Bethany's book and tell, have him direct me into how I would do it differently, you know? <laughs> <laughs> actually you you look you know how i always say you look like jason do i say you look like jason hobby is that who no I say? no you've never told me that I really no no you look because now that i'm really thinking about it you're the straight version of ben rimmelauer i'll take it yeah i mean do they have two legs two arms i mean yes. he has two arms two legs he works with look up a photo Perfect. of ben rimmelauer no i see i know exactly you look exactly is, like yeah. him <laughs> yeah i have bigger hair than ben but other than that and bet yeah ben is the hottest man ever obviously he's the so. hottest man ever uh but you guys <laughs> jess rothschild is the person the podcast is hot takes and deep dives go tell her you love her you can follow her on social media as well all that will be on the description and uh i'm sure we will be talking to you much more in the future jess thank yes. you so much thank you this is great Betches.